So you shut your uh, finger in your boyfriend's car door. Yeah. I almost... <laughs> you almost died. I, Yeah. I mean, I almost lost the tip of my thumb and then bled to death. So you had a saw moment because I, I did. now you appreciate your thumb. And you'll never take your thumb for granted. Yeah. Thanks, Jigsaw. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that was a close oh, one. That was a close one. <laughs> close one, Jigsaw. <laughs> Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And today we are going to be talking about Saw. And this is episode 10. Holy crap. We made it all the way to episode 10. Yay! I'm so proud of us. (laughs) Uh, So James Wan uh, made Saw in 2004. It was his first mainstream horror film. Uh, The idea came to him and his college friend, uh, Lee Wannell, who plays Adam in the film, came to them when they saw the 1999 uh, success, The Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. And it was low budget, simple, and so they thought, well, we can do that. So they did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the movie was made in only 18 days, which is impressive. I know. Uh, And it was made with a budget of only $700,000, which is also pretty impressive. Yeah, for, amazing. For that movie. Yeah. So, like I said, the, the movie stars Lee Wannell. It stars Carrie Elwes, Wesley. And, I know, poor guy. He'll always be known as Wesley. I know, I know. And uh, it also stars Danny Glover. So, the first time I saw this film was last night. <laughs> right before we started recording. Yay! Um, I did not know that this film had other characters in it besides the two guys in the gross bathroom and Jigsaw. I thought it was yeah. just Jigsaw talking to them through, not even the tapes, but through like a monitor mm-hmm. or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the two guys trying to get out. I had no idea Danny Glover was in this. I had no idea that, you know, there were just other actors in this at right. all. Yeah. Uh, so that was like a pleasant surprise. And the ending was spoiled for me, but I wasn't so sure how they got to that ending. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when I watched this, I was still pleasantly surprised, even though I knew how it was going to end. Right. So that was kind of neat. Uh, when was the first time you saw it? Um, I was over at a friend's house a couple years after it came out. So we were still pretty young mm-hmm. the first time I watched it. Oh, and no. It, like... It really scared the crap out of me because I was so young, and it was the first movie of that genre that I'd seen. Yeah, because um, Hostel came out a couple years later, and I had or it came out. It came out a year after. Or yep, yep. Um, so I hadn't seen Hostel until I was much older, like maybe college. Okay, yeah. Um, which was good because that one is rough. Um, but yeah, so it was the first kind of torture porn movie that I had seen. Right. Um, and it really paved the way, I think, for a lot of American movies like this. So Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Abby, tell us about the plot to Saw. Um, well, there is there are so many layers to the plot, so I'm going to give a super condensed version. Okay. Um, just because we could talk about it all night long. Um, but basically, 
the movie opens up with Adam and Lawrence, these two guys who are chained to pipes in this really gross, dirty bathroom. Okay. Uh, and you learn that they were put there by um, a serial killer named Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And he is the center of an investigation uh, headed by Donnie, Danny Glover. Yes. <laughs> Um, and he's kind of been following this case for a really long time, uh-huh. and he actually thinks that Lawrence, one of the guys who's chained in the bathroom, is Jigsaw. He he is, he's thinking that he's, he's the serial a, he's killer. He's a suspect. Right, yeah. behind okay. all of this. Um, so from there, we're introduced to a couple more victims of Jigsaw, um, and we get to see the traps that he sets, mm-hmm. and that kind of... Um, sets in motion the entire Saw franchise, which is really cool. Um, These are super creative, really, really diabolical traps that he sets. Um, There's one um, in the very beginning of the movie that we see, there's a a man who tried to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So Jigsaw captures him and puts him in this cage of razor wire and tells him that in order to survive, he has to crawl his way out. Uh, there's another one. How was your day today? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I just had to crawl through a mile of razor wire. To, a mile. You know, no big deal. Uh, there's another one uh, that we see. We're introduced to another main character in the series named Amanda. Okay. And she is a drug addict, and she wakes up in this room with a reverse bear trap on her head, and she has a certain amount of time to get herself out of the bear trap before it snaps her mouth off yeah and the key to to break herself out is actually buried in the stomach of her significant other who is still alive in the same room Mm -hmm. and she has to stab her way to his stomach and get the key out so all of these very um macabre traps are just they're sickening. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah. No, so, exactly. Um, I think that's one thing that makes this movie so great. Um, so to kind of sum up the rest of the movie, uh, Jigsaw leaves messages and notes for Lawrence and Adam um, to kind of work their way out of this room. Uh, and Lawrence, you learn, actually has to kill Adam in order to get out and get back to his wife and child. And you learn, um, as you're introduced to the investigation and that kind of thing, that Lawrence has actually been having an affair. He's a doctor. He's been seeing a prostitute. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's taking his wife and child for granted, basically. And that was Jigsaw's whole motivation behind uh, capturing him and putting him in this room with Adam. Right. Jigsaw actually hired Adam to stalk Lawrence. No, it was Danny Glover. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, Hires Adam to take pictures of Lawrence. Yeah. And kind of check and make sure that his alibi is all set and see what he's been doing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So Jigsaw actually puts Adam in there Mm -hmm. um, because of his past and the things that he's done. Yeah. And there's also an orderly from the hospital where Lawrence works who is involved he's also trapped in jigsaw's clutches oh yeah basically so it all comes to a head and in order to break free from the chain lawrence cuts his own foot off 
and which I said to my husband, I go, doesn't someone cut their foot off? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> little do you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and throughout this entire movie, you see a man laying on the floor in the bathroom, and and he has the tape recorder in his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get the tape recorder. And he right. also has a gun in right. his hand. Because it looks like he actually commits suicide. And yes. like his brains are all splattered on the walls. And he's laying there in a pool of blood. Um, and at the end of the movie, after all of this stuff happens, and uh, Lawrence kind of is laying there, bleeding out, and Adam is there, and the orderly shows up to kill Lawrence, but he ends up dead. This yep. man gets up, and da da da, it's Jigsaw. I love that. Yeah, what a great ending. Yeah, and then Jigsaw, like you're smiling so I big know, right I now. I know it's great. <laughs> Jigsaw gets up and says "game over," and then mm-hmm. shuts the door. Oh, and, and the the whole main tagline for the movie is Jigsaw in one of his recordings mm-hmm. um, says to him, "I want to play a game," and yeah. that's like. That is what carries the whole franchise, basically. It's just it's this big game by this maniacal man. It's so, so great. So um, going further into the character of Jigsaw, he mm. has cancer? Yes. And he's Well, done, he has a dying, brain though. tumor that was inoperable, I think. Okay. Yep. So he's dying, and he wants everyone else to know what it's like how to almost to be told that you're going to die just yeah. like he was told <gasps> that was so cool mm-hmm. i'm not even kidding like i really thought this movie was not going to be for me because i personally am not a fan of torture porn right yeah. or um like splatter gore or anything like that mm-hmm. so when i watched this i was like this has a story <laughs> There's yeah. a story. There's characters. Yeah. What? Like, that shocked me. I had no idea that that was, uh, that was a thing for the Saw movies. So, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's an incredible horror film. Yeah. Um, what I also love about this film is that it's a time capsule for the early 2000s. Oh, and yeah. Oh, God, not yeah. Not just because people have flip phones or CD players, but the whole freaking movie looks like it's a Nine Inch Nails music video. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> you are so right. It, like, with the shaky head, like, a, like the shaky yep. heads and people driving really fast and everything is, like, sped up. And, yes. Uh, you know, in the, the, the saturation of the, of the color. And mm-hmm. it looks like, it looks like an early 2000s horror film. Like, you know, like I said, Nine Inch Nails, Nine Inch Nails music video or a Marilyn Manson video. Seriously. And, you're so right. And that, to me, is so early 2000s horror film. Like, mm-hmm. I really felt that when I was watching it. So, yeah. um, you know, when you watch, like, uh, well, like Slumber Party Massacre or Halloween, like, you see the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. in those films. Yeah. And this one, you totally see the 2000s, which yep. was something I really liked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So here's, okay, going back to, like, the torture porn thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So Saw is considered a modern splatter film, Mm -hmm. and the modern term for splatter film is torture porn. That actually didn't come into, into, like, mainstream, like, audiences, like that term. Didn't actually show up until... Uh, Hostel 
Eli Roth's Hostel. Yeah. And that came out a year after Saw. Mm-hmm. Came out the same year that Saw 2 came out because like each of the Saw movies have come out every every year. Right. Um but it wasn't a term at the time when Saw came out. Do you think it's fair to say that Saw is a torture porn film or is it a psychological thriller and it just boosted that torture porn uh, you know, mentality in movies. Well, I think it's safe to say that it's both. Mm-hmm. But I think that Saw kind of sets itself apart from at least the first and second Saw sets. They're they're different within yeah. that genre because of the storyline, because of the plotline and that kind of thing, yeah. and the motivation behind Jigsaw's. Um, you know, why he does this to people. Right. Uh, I think that in the least offensive way possible, I think that it's a little bit smarter than a typical torture porn movie uh, for that reason. And even though the, the, the later installments of Saw were, they became, you know, a lot more mainstream. And you can even tell from the dialogue that, you know, they kind of just go with the times. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I I think that yeah, just because of the jigsaw character, it's an he entirely finds pleasure in watching people burn. Yeah, basically. Yeah. To me, but here's my problem with that. I feel like the same thing could be said for like seven, the one with Morgan Freeman That's and true. Brad Pitt. Yep. Where and that was like the vibe that I got. That movie came out in 1995. Um, that was, like, the vibe that I got from the Saw movie. I was like, this is, like, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all of these different uh, people who have been killed, like, you know, in a certain way. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and so, like, that that's the serial killer, like, themed killing sort of, like, reminded me of seven. Um, and I don't think the serial killer in seven, like, liked seeing people get killed. I'm sure he did because he did it. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> There was I don't know if if because I don't know if you would call that a torture porn if it you know what I mean you know what though that it this just popped into my head but yeah. that theme has been around for so long I mean look at the old Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder and how the kids in there basically die because of well I don't know, I guess they. Are, well, they don't really die, but they do suffer because of their own behavior. Yes, you know? absolutely. Well, so. I mean, and there's that scene where he's like, oh, it's so intense. And he's like eating like the <laughs> popcorn or whatever, the candy. And he's like watching like the kid like yeah. suffer. <laughs> it, it, that's, that's yeah. it. So could Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory or Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, whatever, could that be considered a torture porn? Whoa. Yeah, I know. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> Oh dang, that's that's really interesting. I'm sure someone will disagree, but I like yeah. that idea right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> sounds awesome. Good. Sounds good. Well, like there was a um, there was like a, a the one of the producers of one of the later saws, like either five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, they were brought that someone had said, you know, uh, do you consider the saw movies to be torture porn? And they they disagreed they really thought that they were something else and i mean the word porn has been you know it's kind of taboo and so i don't know if that has something to do with it but um 
yeah, a, a lot of the Saw creators and James Wan even, he was like, this is a psychological thriller. Like, this is a story. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, he didn't quote that, but he, he also, I think, disagreed with the term torture porn. So, yeah. But I do think that it, it sparked that, that term, even though Hostel was the one that was originally called it. I think it, I think Hostel is slightly inspired by Saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I see. I haven't seen Hostel, so. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like hostels. I like staying in hostels when I travel. So I'm kind of. Well, this might ruin it for you a little bit. That's what I thought. So I'm going to stay away from it for as long as possible. Maybe until I'm too old to right. go hostel hopping. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Uh, OK, so the story is about two guys that are trapped in a bathroom. But did you know that one of the original concepts was it was two guys trapped in an elevator? And the, oh, gro- oh, God. Yeah. And the only uh, way that we as an audience can see it is through the security cameras. Kind of like that girl that was seen in the elevator who was acting strange <gasps> in the Hotel Cortez or something. Yeah. Wherever that, whatever hotel that was. Oh, God. In California. And she was like ducking in and out and stuff. That's what I thought of when I heard that this was going to be possibly in an elevator. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that would have been really creepy. But is there sound in security? Elevate, uh, elevator security cameras? I don't think so. See, then that would have been. Maybe yeah. that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing was that they were going to have a guy who... Uh, every time he woke up from sleeping, he found scratch marks on his body and he didn't know where they came from. So he like sets up cameras like paranormal activity style all around his house to kind of see like what is causing the scratches. Mm -hmm. So these both these concepts are actually pretty great. Yeah, I I would watch like a movie like that. Uh, But they eventually decided to create the serial killer to have them in the bathroom. And yeah, plus out of that, I mean, we got paranormal activity. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Devil, right, is that elevator movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we ended up getting those movies in the end. So it's okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It all worked out. It all worked out in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. I have a very important question to ask you. Yeah. Do you legitimately think Jigsaw kills people? Or do you think that these people are killing themselves? Go. <laughs> I don't think... No, I don't think he is. You don't think he's killing them? Nope. Mm. I think that... Well, this is maybe super philosophical, but it's kind of like playing God... Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. removing yourself from the equation, but you are putting the control in other people's hands. So, you know, y- you can put someone in a situation, but it's up to them to get out of it. So, do, it's, so it's, do you think that this is like online bullying, though, where it's like you, even though all this is happening to you, you still have the choice of whether or not to do something about it? To yourself, um, or do you yes. think that's a fair comparison? Well, and again, this is obviously not meant to offend any of our listeners or anything like that. It's completely yeah. my personal opinion, but I think that in the end, you make the decision mm-hmm. because there are a lot of instances where you know you can put the blame on other people and you can say, 
but this is the situation and that kind of thing. But I believe deep down inside that everyone has the ability to overcome yeah. any kind of difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that it's up to them. He's just giving them the choice. But on the other hand, he is the one who is literally taking them out of their their every day mm-hmm. yeah and putting them in these situations right so i can't really say that it's completely up to them to rise above you know these obstacles that they suddenly find themselves in yeah um because this is like an extreme extreme case you know right. you're talking about like maiming yourself in order to survive right exactly um but i i I do see the comparison between, you know, um, you know, the relevancy today with bullying and even the entire internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's they, so many outside influences, and when you're constantly being bombarded with that, then yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Yeah. So. And it's and and online bullying, right? We both agree is not okay. No, it's not okay. Hundred percent, not, not okay. okay to tell someone to kill themselves. Right. That is horrendous and evil to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so, you know, I think it's tough. It's tough because, um, you know, online bullying is a very real thing. Yeah. Jigsaw isn't. Right. It's not real. So um, it's very sensitive. It's a sensitive subject, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time because I... So, okay, Jigsaw kind of reminds me of the spoiler for anyone who likes Agatha Christie. You know, anyone who's over 50 out there. And myself. (laughs) Um, Agatha Christie in in Hercule Poirot's last, the last mystery that he had to solve in the book and in the TV show, the PBS TV show, um, the last killer that he has to apprehend is actually... Uh, someone who manipulates other people to kill other people. Ah. And Poirot, uh, who's Catholic, uh, goes against his beliefs and he kills this guy because he knows this is the only way this guy will stop is if he's dead because there's no solid proof or evidence or uh, even warranty to to stop him because it's like, okay, well, he's just talking. But his his manipulativeness and and bad influence on these people is making them do these bad things. Yeah. So Poirot um, kills him. And then Poirot decides not to take his medicine. And that's actually the last episode that he's in, the last book, and he dies because he decides to just die peacefully after that. Oh, no. And he asks for forgiveness. It's very sad. But um, but to me, that's... You know, that is Jigsaw to me. Like, when I first uh, heard about this curtain, which is the last episode slash book that Poirot is in, um, I thought, that is a, that's great. Because how, how often do you have a killer who doesn't kill people? Yeah. But, you know, but, but their influence is making them do it. And so that's where I think it's so sensitive because it's, you know, if that person did not exist and that person had not said that... Uh, then this wouldn't have happened. Have you seen 13 Reasons Why? Not yet. Yeah, that's sort of like a kind of well, interesting actually, comparison. I mean, also, you can look at any military 
style leader who ever mm-hmm. existed, like Hitler. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, I'm sure he probably actually killed people, but he, I mean, he just gave, he the, gave orders, the order, you know? And other people did it. That's a but that's he's, great. He's yeah. still held accountable for it. Well, so people still think he's a murderer. Apps or you know he is. People still like will say yeah, Hitler is a murderer. Yeah, because he gave the order. Yeah. So I think we can sort of say like without influence isn't without consequences. I right. Think. Yeah. So that's um that's a really that's really interesting. Ooh, I'm glad we talked about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about something a little bit more lighter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As light as you can get as with Saw, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the entire Saw movie here. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, how about the actors? Um, you mentioned this, and, and I geeked out, too, that you recognize this, but there, oh. are, there are characters from the TV show Lost yeah. in this movie, which I was shocked about because I thought it was just Jigsaw, Lawrence, and Adam in this whole movie. Didn't realize there was a whole cast of characters. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, um... There's uh, the guy who's on the island. Um, I forget his name. What is his name? Uh, oh. But he plays the orderly. Um, oh, my God. What is it? Oh, it's bothering me now. Oh, that's so annoying. Oh. So anyway, uh, Ben. Ben Linus. Oh, yes. The orderly. Yeah. Uh, Michael Emerson. That's his name. Oh. He has a very minor but influential role. Well, he was perfect for it, though, because oh he's so creepy. So sleazy. Oh. Plays, he plays good sleaze bag. He does. <laughs> Sorry, man. You're just really good at what you do. No. Yeah, exactly. It's not to be. It's a compliment. Um, so, you know. <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice man. I'm sure he is, too. And then one of the cops um, is a character from Lost 2. He's not there until Much the, later. Right. Yeah. Um, he's not there until much later, and he's a medium in the show Lost, and he can contact all of the uh, dead people on the island. Um, I forget that actor's name too. He's actually he's in the new Star Wars movie too. He's in Force Awakens. Oh. Oh yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. So his name so escapes me. So it's a but solid cast, really. Solid cast. Danny Glover. So this is my story about Danny Glover that I was hinting at um, to you earlier. So I was about to watch this, right? I had never seen it before. And uh, my husband, Luke, was like, oh, guess who's in Saw? And I'm like, Wesley from Princess Bride. And he's like, no, Danny Glover. <laughs> oh, Sorry. He's it's like, you so, know, Angels in the Outfield, Predator 2. <laughs> I'm like, I know who Dan Glover is. <laughs> it's, it makes it even better because I'm picturing Luke say this. And like, Luke Luke is our editor, too. Um, and he has got the greatest sense of humor and just his delivery and, like, the things that he says. Oh. Oh, man. So great. No, Danny Glover. <laughs> Come oh. on, Gracie. Oh, get with the sorry. times. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh man. But um, I I think the only other film that I've seen Carrie Elwes in besides Princess Bride and Saw is um, Ella Enchanted, where he plays the evil king. What? <laughs> You're shocked. I yeah. am shocked. Yes, he's because in that. I'm just now 
noticing that. <laughs> yes. Wow. He's like a snake friend, right? Yes. 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 Oh, That's my gosh. That's the only other movie I've seen him live in, but I think he does the voice of the cat in Whisper of the Heart and he, the Cat Returns. Well, he also does the voice of Garrett in... Um, oh my god, what is that 90s movie? Oh my god. It's like a it's a cartoon. Uh-huh. Um she has to find Excalibur. Her dad was like a knight. Oh my gosh. Um uh, Quest for Camelot. Yes. Yep. Oh he my plays god. the voice of the hot blind cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good movie. It is so I good. I love that movie. Oh my god. I'm like my hands are in like excited fists. So I'm like <laughs> Oh man, I have to watch it again. Oh my, I'm totally gonna see if I can find that tonight to watch. Me too. Oh man, holy cats! <laughs> um, I thought he was really good in this. I thought his acting was pretty good. I did too. Um, Lee Wanell, who's one of the writers mm-hmm. of this of the movie, he's Adam, and he was really good. I know. Well. And I don't think he had done any acting or anything before this, right? I, yeah, I have no idea. I think idea. they just threw him in there because they were like, yeah, we need another person. And he was <laughs> like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Quite possibly. All right, I guess. <laughs> I know the story. I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yes. was, he was really good, too. I thought his acting was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. So that was um exciting. I always get excited with good acting in horror films. I'm I know. Like, Me too. See? Well, because it's very sad, but it's kind of rare really so rare like so rare but i mean it's close to my heart so i you know even if the acting is terrible i'm like oh, oh but right that's why movies. you're like okay with it but yeah this one is like mm, oscar yep on point <laughs> it's okay no maybe not oscar but it's pretty good <laughs> um okay so the women in the film mm. uh there is the prostitute <laughs> i don't know her name there is uh the mom who's allison yes and the daughter diana Yep. And Amanda, too. And then Amanda. Yep. Yeah, so there's four women. Uh, the Bechdel test is mm-hmm. a fail, though. They, um, I know. Allison and Diana do talk, but most of the time it's about a man. Yeah. Um, whether it's, it's about the, dad and how much he about, sucks. <laughs> basically, where it's about the dad or it's about their kidnapper, who is the orderly, a.k.a. Ben Linus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, there's one moment where I guess, because I was like looking for, I was like, there's got to be like a moment where they don't talk about a guy. There's one moment where she tells her to be brave, mm. but Diana doesn't respond. So it technically doesn't pass because she's Dang just. Dang it, Diana. She needs to talk. They have to have a conversation, right? Yeah. She well, didn't talk I mean, back. to be fair, she was gagged. <laughs> so. You know, you're right. That, you know, you're right. Yeah. So it's like point five. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's halfway there, halfway. Oh, well, so what do you think of the imagery? And I know we talked about like the saturation of the of the color and all that, but there's such James Wan imagery in this. I mean, the puppet first of all. Yeah. Is, oh yeah. For oh sure. yeah. And tell you had a good point about the puppet was in another yes, film. Yes. Yeah. So um, James also, I I don't know if he wrote it also. I, he directed Dead Silence. Dead Silence, yeah. And, um, Which we'll get to uh, one day. Yes, so because good. it's so good. Um, Jigs, the Jigsaw puppet is actually in a scene in Dead Silence when the main character goes up into the attic of like this old house. Jigsaw is sitting there in a chair in the corner. And I was like, 
Oh my God. I it's love Jigsaw. It. Oh my God. So good. Yeah. <gasps> That's awesome. Yeah. And so. I've never, I've seen Dead Silence a few times, but I never noticed that. There's also, um, I forget, they escape me right now, but there's also a couple Easter eggs in, um, I think, Insidious, maybe? Oh, probably. See, I haven't seen Insidious in so long. Well, his films tend to, like, overlap each other a lot. Well, so there's, so, so there's like, a connection. Yeah. With all oh, yeah. my God. Well, it's kind of like, you know, The Conjuring and Annabelle and, okay. like, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think he maybe produced Annabelle. I don't he think did. he, he wrote it. He didn't. He didn't write or direct it. He didn't because I feel like if he did, it would have been a lot better. <laughs> that movie was awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know so people I'm sorry to anybody on. who liked it. I know that people but... worked hard on it, but it just wasn't good. I know. It's so you know whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love how the the jigsaw puppet has a name. It's like Jimmy or something. Um. It's never mentioned in the movie, but I think maybe in the sequels yeah, it is. Yeah, yep. Um, but, like, the, the like, cheeks have that, that swirl that's kind of Tim Burton-esque, but, like, oh, yeah. now kind of belongs to James Wan. Yeah. Um, and James Wan made that puppet mm-hmm. because, you know, they had, like, no money and 18 yes. days to do the film. Which is crazy because the ideas and, and the imagery that he does come up with is terrifying. So scary. He has, well, and... The thing about the puppet is the eyes. The no, eyes yeah, get the me. The ping pong eyes. Yes. So scary. But he does that in all of his films. You know, like you have Insidious, The Conjuring. Yes. Um, the Conjuring 2 with The Nun. It's always the eyes that are the scariest part for me. And you know what's really interesting? We're going, we're digressing a tiny bit, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys not sorry <laughs> um the crooked man in the second conjuring ha- doesn't have eyes it just has a mouth yeah so he like switches it up a bit oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which by the way that was played by a real person was not cgi get was out a real guy who was tall and skinny and weird yeah that's nuts it is nuts okay anyway <laughs> Yeah, I love the fact that that James Wan made that puppet himself. Like that's so cool. I know. I love that element of like DIY and like yeah, just going for it, you know. Kind of reminds me of um Joel from uh, Mystery Science Theater how he made all of the puppets in yes. his garage like the day before the show aired. He's like, "Well, I mean, I guess I better get this done." <laughs> Cuz it's airing tomorrow. So <laughs> Oh, I don't know if it was the next day, but it yeah. was, he was, he was work, cutting it pretty close. He was you know? working on him. <laughs> um, yeah. So what I want to end this episode on is um, the fact that the saw, that saw itself was not meant to be uh, a sequel. There was not supposed to be sequels or anything. Mm. It was supposed to be a one shot film. It actually was originally a short film. And then they you know, turned it into something bigger, obviously. Um, I mean, to the point where a lot of the uh, shots of the, the newspaper clippings and, you know, all those random shots of, like, flashbacks and stuff, um, mm-hmm. those were all added in for, like, time. Yeah. Uh, because they were running out of time, so they had to fill in the movie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this movie was meant to just end, and that was the end. Uh, no, saw one, two, three, or four, five, six, seven. Um, but what I find is so 
amazing is that they consciously like decided that the killer would get away and not cheapen the ending by having the killer die and then put bring his body out of the water to get the girl or his hand sticking through the ground or or grabbing the girl and pulling her through the door like Nightmare on Home Street. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that he uh, legitimately got away. There yeah. was no like, I'm dead, you know, like, bah, I'm back. Um, it was the end. And So it adds like a human element to it, really. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's It doesn't cheapen the ending. Yeah. It leaves room for a sequel without the intention of it. Where all these other ones, they're like, whoa, what's going to happen? Will there be a second one? Where that wasn't the intention with Saw. But it yeah. did so well that there was a green light for the next movie, like, the next day after yeah. its initial release. Yeah. That's why the next one came out so soon after the next year, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what do you think of that? Like, having the killer walk away, consciously have the killer walk away, and then not plan for anything to happen after I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's the ultimate cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm definitely 100% glad that they went ahead and made a sequel because that would have, uh, oh, man, I feel like that would have driven audiences crazy. It would have. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. I think when they realized how well the movie did, they were like, oh, snap. Like, we could, like, keep going. Yeah. Because the killer is still alive well which i'm so thankful for because who knows if james would have kept directing movies or Mm -hmm. writing them and now we have all these amazing movies like we have the whole saw franchise we have the conjuring insidious yeah Yeah. we have all that stuff and now there's going to be a new nun movie coming Mm -hmm. out based on the nun and the conjuring too um annabelle was kind of a screw up but whatever yeah we'll deal (laughs) Um, Dead Silence is so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the success of this movie was definitely uh, fate for mm-hmm. James Wan. And um, but, you know, he obviously is a good storyteller yeah. and he cares about his characters and he cares about uh, the uh, the emotional, uh, you know, uh, what is that? Investment. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes a great. Uh, horror director and writer yeah, is that absolutely. you're invested in the characters and in the story. Mm-hmm. For sure. Wow. Thanks, Abby, so much. Yeah, I'm really course. glad I saw Saw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I didn't. I wasn't going to, but, you know, I'm really glad that I did. It was a really good movie. Good. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks. Thanks for being here and thanks for listening, guys. Bye.